It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay. Just make sure it's tied right, Tom. Not her know. Oh, fair. Because you don't want to just spill out. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Where's Judd, by the way? Ah, there he is. There he is, okay. Now he's walking (laughs) into the TCL broadcast studios. Coming in hot, baby. You know it. I came in 10 seconds before the reckless speculation sounder, so I can't. You know it. Reckless speculation. Gentlemen, uh, I was here the whole time. Just You were. I was. Very responsible. Yeah. You've been here all afternoon. I have. Just sitting in here yes. waiting. Just waiting for this show. Lurking. Then <laughs> Score North Live ended. I just yeah. sat here silently through Purple Daily. Lurking just, would be the right word for Rami. Yeah. <laughs> He's a kind of a lurker. Yeah. <laughs> Collar and Cronin were like, why is this guy with the Bears stuff on? This guy looks kind of like a terrorist. <laughs> the reason why they put the camera in Fine. front of him yeah. instead of... <laughs> wow. So, um, gentlemen, I want to... Uh, I just want to cut open a little vein here off the top, and you tell me if I'm... You tell me I'm being unrealistic here. If if my ask is unrealistic on behalf of Twins fans, okay? Because we're sitting here. It's the middle of the winter meetings. We are now uh, day two of the winter meetings in San Diego. And the Twins have been linked not only now to Madison Bumgarner, uh, Hyunjin Ryu, but also Dallas Keuchel popped up on the list today. We're going to yeah. get to a lot of that stuff. Doogie's going to join us in about an hour for a uh, an emergency scoop session. He's got information emergency for us. Emergency scoop session. Yes. I like it. It's going to be great. It's We're going to quiz Rami on bowl games later in the show. I'm That's going to be great. It's to that. clearly yeah. going to be reckless. Yes. When Doogie joins us, it will be reckless. Reckless speculation. But I am so sick of negative Twins fans. And I don't know if it's just emails, Twitter timeline, Instagram comments, if it's just like, if it's just my bubble that I'm in, and this is where I need help from you guys here, but like every time a credible report comes out, and I love to repost this stuff and uh, wet more with the eyeball emojis and fire emojis. Right, fire emojis, yes. sure. But every time like John Heyman says something about, hey, the twins are in on Ryu, mm-hmm. hey, add Dallas Keuchel to the mix on the twins, I get 10 responses minimum, if not 50 to 100. Like today, it's just like all day. And I'm just going to read one here that encapsulates pretty much everyone that I'm sick of. This is from St. Paul Dude. And I appreciate you're a loyal follower, and I love interacting with you, but i gotta, I got I to gotta call you out here. He said, uh, yeah, they'll sign I love nobody. You, but I'm sick of you. I'm going uh, to cut you open here. <laughs> 
Yeah, they'll sign nobody, and then we will be sold the, hey, they tried really hard bill of goods, or that they didn't want to mortgage the future. Hopefully I'm proven wrong, because we as a Twins fan base uh, can say that the excuses are getting old. The excuses are getting old. So people, and, and, and by the way, like the the degree to which people think the Twins have a calculated strategy of making offers that are pretty good offers, but like just low enough to where they're fake offers that I think that are happens. actually going to get accepted. I think that definitely happens. But like, no, like people legitimately think that the twins have a wing of their PR staff right. that's dedicated to this over the last 20 years. I'm sure the twins have, well, I can't say I'm sure I don't have direct knowledge. I would bet the twins have done it. Probably. But not every time you see a report. But like it's it's there's a I don't know if it's five ten twenty percent fifty percent but like people think that every time a name pops up well here comes we've good thing the twins have a well oiled PR machine for this that they can just put a fake offer out there get the news leaked and so my question for you guys is coming off a one hundred win season a home run record they by the way they signed, speaking of never doing anything in free agency they signed like a hundred home runs in the in the winter last year Nelson Cruz Jonathan yeah. Scope CJ Crone Marwin Gonzalez they've turned around Max Kepler Taylor Rogers Mitch Garver Trevor May Jorge Polanco Luis Arise popped up this season um, has this front office built up no goodwill in three years. I don't, have they built up no goodwill in I don't three think years? It's, I don't think it's about the front office. And I, I get your frustration. I do. I understand it. And you can call them excuses. You can call it a, a, a conspiracy, a ploy, whatever it is that you think that the Polads and the Twins are up to and why they haven't signed a free agent. But i got to be honest with you. If I'm a lifelong Twins fan, and I didn't know this till I read it today in Dan Hayes' piece, and the Twins have never spent more on a free agent than the $55 million that they gave Irvin Santana? In a lump sum, correct. Well, Joe, well, Joe Maurer signed like No, but a, a free agent. On the market. An, yeah. outside, an outside free agent. That's correct. Off yep. the market. They've correct. never signed a free agent more than Irvin Santana at $55 million. You can have your theories as to why that's happened, but as a Twins fan, I'd have a hard time going into the offseason and free agent season or these winter meetings and be optimistic about it. How can I? How? When once in my life they signed a somewhat big ticket free agent and it was Irvin Santana for $55 million. Where do, where, where do I, where do I go and harvest optimism from that? You tell me. This can all be, and this is the great thing about this winter, about this team. This can all be resolved and the people who complain can be shut up because this is the perfect opportunity to go do this. So if they, you know what, if they come out of this whole, and I'm, I'm not just talking the meetings in San Diego, I'm talking about if they come out of the winter and they have uh, shifted their focus to offense and paid a little bit here and there, uh, and Bumgarner goes somewhere else and um, Ryu goes back to the Dodgers or stays out west and Keuchel goes, I don't know where, back to the Braves, something like that, then I think the frustration at that point is legit. But this, the thing, and I'm not down on the people who get upset because this has been a long-standing thing, but the thing that is different or should be different this time around is Falvey and Levine are in what? They're going into their fourth year? They've never had an opportunity before, at least in their minds, let's give them the benefit of the doubt for a second, to pounce like this. 
and now they do. So I think this is very simple. Clear this up and shut all these people up by probably signing to by probably signing a starting pitcher to a contract that you absolutely hate. But guess what? It's necessary. So all of these people who are complaining and saying cheap poll ads and saying, of course, of course, you tried to get Wheeler on a contract that, let's say, was $17 million less than the Phillies paid, and that was a ploy, all those people can be shut up instantly by Bumgarner, potentially Keuchel, Ryu, and then guess what? Their complaints are gone. Uh, yeah, you're Judd's right. So just we do can, it. You can sit here you don't, and you they, don't they sign a guy. You don't sign a guy just to shut people up. But the time is perfect to do it now. You you sign a guy to, because it makes sense, and right now, it makes sense. That's what I keep going back to. This is the perfect time. You don't overpay, though. You oh, don't, I think don't, you're gonna don't overpay to. for PR purposes. Uh, okay, but the three names I just th- threw out, if you have to write them a check that you absolutely hate, but in three years or two years, you, you are, or forget that, 2020, a title contender, I think you do. It, and, and I think my just kind of circling back and digesting everything you guys just said as well. And six five one six four six eight two five five. Are you? What side are you on? Are you on the side of my God? They just won a hundred games. They set a home run record. Just give them five minutes to make some moves this offseason. Are you in the boat of highly skeptical? The poll ads are going to prevent anything big from happening because that's how they roll. Six five one six four six eight two five five. I feel like this front office has already done the hard part. So many, so many times we overfocus on the big fish free agent as the savior for a baseball team that's been toiling, right? Well, man, if you could, you got to go sign a Bryce Harper, you got to change your franchise. The hard part is getting the Tyler Duffy's and the Trevor Mays and the Max Kepler's to reach their peak performance and all peak at the same time and all be you know, headed in the same direction uh, at age 26, 28 years old, right? Like, to put together a roster of young or in-their-prime players all crescendoing at the same time, Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part. And, you know, again, I'm not saying that if they don't sign... I'm with you guys. Like, if they don't sign someone this offseason or trade for someone of significance... Then it's a colossal failure. This starting winter. pitcher, though, right? So, yeah, starting pitcher. Okay, agree. Or just like if there's not a roadmap. I mean, I if won't be mad some... if, if they don't get a pitcher and Anthony Rendon is in a Twins uniform next year. I think most people are cool, right? Like, if make the team better with the gap in payroll from last year to this year, make the team better. But I just feel like this front office has done such an incredible job, low key in a lot of ways too, just like changing everything behind the scenes. And and bringing the twins from three years ago, the twins were legitimately one of the five most behind the times organizations in all of baseball. Three years ago, three years ago, and now you could say the twins are one of like probably the five. I wouldn't say they're number one, but like they're in like the top seven in terms of forward thinking, squeeze the most out of your players, and it just kind of feels to me like, well, if they don't get Garrett Cole or if they don't, you know, uh, that that all of that goodwill and all the things that they've built up. By breaking the home run record last year, that like it's all thrown away, and I and I that feels toxic. No, if, to me. if you're if you're down on the Twins as an organization as a whole, and Falvey and Levine and Baldelli have haven't haven't done anything to convince you that this is a different era in Twins baseball, you're just being negative for the sake of being negative. This but why, when it, it comes to free agency in particular, I can understand a lack of optimism or downright skepticism. It, is what Phil's talking about though? Is it widespread or is this Twitter? 
is this place is because those people always come out and complain. I think there are various degrees of pessimism when it comes to free agency. I think that, but, I some, think, but some of that I think is okay. I think the optimistic Twins fan, and when it comes to free agency and these winter meetings, are in the minority. I wrote this uh, today, and I truly believe this. Though, if you if you look at the opportunity that the Twins are presented with right now, guys, from an on field standpoint, a major signing makes sense. But guess where it also makes sense right now. Business, off the field, ticket sales, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Look at this town Agreed. right now. Look at this town. It will always be, and this is great, this is fine, a Vikings town. All right, so the Vikings are always going to be huge. Gopher football had a nice year, but I certainly would not say, man, it's become a Gopher football town. I think there's excitement. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but, gentlemen, go to Target Center. It's empty. The Timberwolves are, and who knows, in three years, they might be great. Got no clue, but I'll tell you this right now. Excitement about Wolves basketball is non-existent. People are not buying tickets, right? Sunday afternoon, a week ago, Vikings aren't playing. I went to the X, Wild in Dallas. Guess what? It was empty compared to the old sellouts, right? Lower bowl, empty. There are people, there are sports fans. I don't know if they're buying more Christmas gifts. I don't know if they're going to something else, but they're not going to sports. Yeah. And so, if you... They're probably just drinking. And you know what? They should be, and God bless them for that. (laughs) But my point is this. If you're the Twins, if you announce tomorrow, we have signed Madison Bumgarner to, yes, a ridiculous five-year, $105 million contract. And we're all like, whoa. Guess what you're going to do? You are going to own the sports dollar that, as far as I can tell right now, is not going to the National Hockey League, not going to the NBA team. The Vikings are always solid. Go for basketball is not good. There are people, I think, salivating to spend on a good team. And if you add a pitcher tomorrow, people are going to be say, holy cow, I'm on board. Season tickets. Because that money's going to go somewhere with, with sports fans. Yeah, but I think we have to make a pact. Like, this is the other shoe that will drop. And I know where okay? you're going, and I agree with it. And we I ha- said the same thing, yes. We have to make a pact. If everyone agrees, you're going to have to overpay to get a quality starting pitcher. You're going to have to spend... Because this is the criticism I've seen on the Zach Wheeler signing, because we don't know all the particulars, but you know, and Zach Wheeler, it sounds like he wanted to live out east, and his wife's from Philadelphia, and so like that, this might be a bad example, but let's just use it. That if you want Zach Wheeler, and your offer isn't $25 million more than the second offer, then you're not making a real offer. And I don't disagree with that. Like if if you're if you really are serious, you're probably going to have to overpay for one of these pitchers, right? Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, we have to make a pact to not do to that free agent and to this front office what almost everyone did with the Joe Maurer contract, which is $23 million every breath for years. $23 million. $23 million. Okay, at the moment that that contract had to be signed, yay or nay, sign it or not, it was a no-brainer. You had to do it, and you knew that you were overpaying. Do you know how You ba- had to do it. Do you know the criticism if they don't do that, that they Correct. get going into a new ballpark? Yes. They would have gotten annihilated. It's a terrible contract, and I think we just have, like, you can call it a terrible contract, but I think we all have to be in agreement that we're all signing There's up no for, complaining. for a terrible contract. What, if okay. you get two good years out of Madison Bumgarner, no complaining after that. What, yes. Hey, Phil, what's the one thing on, on the course of the show, which we've been doing for, what, six years now? Recklessly speculating? No, Parisian suitor. What have I, as, as much as I've killed that hockey team, I've told you July 4th, 2012 is the greatest free agency day in the history of this town. 13-year contracts, 98 mil. 
in retrospect, probably really irresponsible and maybe stupid. But yes. guess what? What's the one thing I have never done? I've never sat in this chair and told you that was uh, incredibly stupid. No, I said in it. retrospect, you might regret it. But what did that do for the perception of the hockey team, for the perception of the fans here towards that team? Yeah. You ha- it, you, may, it, it, it filled the arena. Here's what it said. And here's, and here's the statement, right or wrong, that the Twins have a chance to make. We're going for it. It's that simple to me. We're going for it. And guess who's, who's not? When you sign um, Kevin Correa, Irvin Santana, right? When you do that, you're going into the next bin, and you're saying, okay, we got this money, so let's just spend it. Mm-hmm. But if it's Bumgarner or a Keuchel or a big-name guy, that to me is an indication to say we are legitimately trying to go for a championship here. And I do agree. At that point in time, the one thing you can't then do is go back and be like, well, you screwed that up. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, our phone lines are blowing up here. 651-646-8255. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. We'll get our guy Doogie. And by the way, the latest here... Uh, right now, according to John Heyman, John Heyman from MLB Network, the Twins are pursuing Madison Bumgarner, Hyunjin Ryu, and Dallas Keuchel. And two mystery teams on Garrett Cole. Reckless speculation. Oh, mystery team season. So oh, we've got, we got the Yankees, we got the Angels, the Dodgers, and we've got mystery team A and yeah. mystery team B. Odds, odds that they're are mystery teams because I think Scott Boris loves to make Come up Come on, teams. he wouldn't just put that out there. Scott Boris? That's crazy, Judd. You and your wacky conspiracy yeah. theories. And you know what? The Patriots never cheat. They were just doing an in-house video. Dude, they were just doing a documentary about an advanced scout. Who doesn't want to see a documentary about an advanced scout? While shooting the Cleveland Browns sideline. There's a whole category on Netflix of advanced scout documentaries. I watch them all the time. Right? Honestly, which is your favorite? Oh man, I don't know. It's tough to choose, Judd. You guys ever uh, when the you gal- see the you guys one make about- fun of me for matching and you're watching advanced scout? You ever watch the uh, Thanks, Steelers guys. advanced scout documentary? Oh, oh man. man, is that the one where they accidentally <laughs> shot the Bengal sideline themselves for a yes. half? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Blue collar baby. <laughs> Honestly, oh. when the gal's out of town, there's nothing like kicking back, oh. putting the old robe on, man. Jonathan and Rami. Yep, pouring a nice. Fat cocktail and watching mm-hmm. documentaries about advanced scouts. Love it, football. Love it, man. All right, let's go to Steve in Plymouth. We're talking. We're talking twins and hot stove. Steve, what do you got? Hey, Phil, how's it going? I'm a big time long listener of you guys. Uh, so, I, I understand where you're coming from, uh, Phil. You might you and me actually were pretty close to the same age, but I go back what Rami and and Judge just said about you know it's. You know, the biggest greatest signing I can remember in my 30 years of being on this earth and twin sister in uh, sports history in Minnesota is the, is the wild, at least trying, you know, and the Vikings try with Kirk Cousin, but they just have to do something. They got to at least try and do something. I get, you know, it's about being patient and all this, and, you know, but I'm just, I'm sick of hearing the, the same old empty promises. They start, they're trying to find impact pitching and all this and that. It's just, you know, I'm not trying to be negative anymore, but. There's a point where you just get frustrated and you just say, you know, they have to do, do something. You know, that's the line I'm kind of drawing at is they have to do something. Uh, trade or sign, sign somebody. They got to do something at least to better the team, you know. So that's that's kind of my thoughts. But 
I don't know. Steve, uh, yeah. thank you, thank you for listening, and thanks for calling in. Don't make it your last time. All right, give us a call. Yeah, again. we'll do. Thanks, guys. I, I know. I know this is sort of a, a blurry line that I'm talking about here, but when I say you can't overpay just to overpay, it has to fit your baseball philosophies. If you're Falvey and Levine, right? You don't. You don't go and sign a guy at a price that doesn't fit your plan and and the way you operate as a baseball team just to please Twins fans. Do you? Um. Okay, just to shut up the people I think, who you're I, mad at right I, now. I think Maggie? it has to be eighty percent signing a guy who you think can impact your team, but I think twenty percent of it. I'm with Judd. I think twenty percent of it is. Let's about this. Like part of the so reason, you go an extra twenty percent in what and whatever form that might take years, money, whatever yes. it might be. You might, you'd go the extra twenty percent to please people and shut them up. I think if your organization's at the right point and the Twins are right now, I think. If you make the right signing, if if it's enough of a marquee name, or it's or the perception is, like like Hyunjin Ryu is not necessarily a marquee name in the Midwest. Like for the Dodgers, he was like their number three starter. Uh, but I think I think if you sign a guy of that caliber that helps move this playoff rotation forward, it puts X amount more butts in seats and then helps validate spending that money in the first place. Right? If 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 the perception is Okay, now they're going to be relevant in October. Therefore, I'm buying season tickets for the first six months instead of I don't even know if they're going to be there in October. I'm going to wait until the second half to buy, you know, some some tickets, and we'll we'll see where this thing goes. There could be a benefit financially if you do it at the right time. And there's been years in the past where it just like didn't make sense. And the year that they signed Ricky Nolasco, yeah, that's like not going to save your franchise. And people are going to be so sick of him by year two. That uh, they're going to cancel their season tickets, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, and so, I guess like another you know, long-winded uh, chunk of my answer here is, I I, I just want to be clear: they should absolutely sign someone this off season or trade for someone. This is the time to pounce. There is no excuse for for hitting spring training without adding something significant to your payroll and to your roster. But I feel like this front office gets almost zero credit for what they've done in these first three years so far. And we treat them, Falvey and Levine, just like we all treated Terry Ryan and Bill Smith and the penny-pinching front office, right? Like, these dudes are firing shots. Nelson Cruz, like, they are firing bullets. Don't you think that that is probably ultimately a small faction of people on Twitter, on on platforms, I don't think it's, that I think, it's, I think I don't know I, that the Twitter ma- represents a lot of people in 2019. I don't know that the majority of Twins fans think think like those people think, and I I get their frustration. But that's the thing is for for the last three years or so, there's been a definite plan here, which, which is why I'm I'm curious. I'm not prepared to bail here, and I'm not prepared to praise here. The only thing I've seen from this front office that I could sit here right now and tell you uh, tell you disappointed me was at the deadline last year, I wanted more. I wanted more and didn't get that. But then my comeback is, okay, if you don't want to part with your prize prospects, which is very possible, then you're going to have to do it now. And so so that's why now it is so important because they've already proven, you know, to them their top five to ten prospects are almost untouchable. Okay, then you have to spend. Yeah. Uh, I just curious. I just think these these dudes are going to do something. Let's give them a chance. It's it's December tenth. We're halfway through the winter meetings. Like a lot of free agents might not even sign till January or February. These guys are going to do something. 
651-646-8255. And by the way, if they don't, I will. you can humiliate me for two hours on a show sometime in April. Uh, Jeff in St. Louis Park, you're on the show. Uh, hi, guys. Um, so I would say, I mean, I represent the Twins fans who are not on Twitter. I don't have a Twitter account, so um, I, I'm not one of those these angry people on Twitter, but I am generally with you, Phil, that I am. I do like this front office a lot. I think they've done a lot to take the Twins out of the dark ages and into the future. But where I think you may have gone a little ahead of me is when you said, well, haven't they just built up enough goodwill? They've done a lot of good things, and and they deserve praise for it. But this is also the front office that, let's call it what it is, chickened out at the trade deadline, absolutely chickened out didn't do anything, and because of that, they were short on pitching for when they faced the Yankees and had to start an Uber driver in Game 2. <laughs> so I'm I'm a little torn with this front, how I'm feeling about this front office at this point, though it's, it is overwhelmingly positive, I would say. But, I, I mean, they ha- didn't get Zach Wheeler, so as far as I'm concerned, all the, all the pitching they could get afterwards has huge red flags. Um, Bumgarner, his age, Ryu, his age. Uh, I don't think um, – I would be fine with Keiko because he'd be cheaper, but I don't think he's that good. It's just where I'm at. Jeff, thank you for the phone call. And you can have some sort of faith and belief in the Twins and in the front office when it comes to drafting, developing, building culture, the way that they've incorporated analytics and biomechanics, but still be a little bit skeptical when it comes to free agency. You cannot, you cannot believe in them or at least have some doubt when it comes to one facet of the way that they do their jobs and run this organization. And like I said, given the history, if I'm a lifetime Twins fan, it's hard for me to, to, to go into an offseason with optimism that my team is going to go and get that free agent I want. To Jeff's point, let's take two things here. Okay, so let, let's, let's forget what happened previously. The new regime, and let's take um, last... Winter at Twins Fest, okay? When Thad comes out and says, because he he's asked directly by a fan about what Machado and, and uh, Harper at that time, and he talks about the window might be opening, but we're not there yet, potentially. His response made sense. Mm-hmm. His response was fine. Uh, but that did lead you then to say, okay, when that window is open, it's going to change things. And then trade deadline last year, you don't make a move. And I think we all said, really, you didn't do anything more than what Dyson. Romo was a nice pickup, but the whole thing was probably, at best, not exactly what we expected. Because I think a lot of us thought that they would try and go get a starter at that time. All right. So I think, to Jeff's point, this is a process now of what's next. Because a year after the fact, the window now, open. And nobody can tell you, yeah, you know, it's sort of open, but it's not really open, but no, it's, it's no, open to, well, it's it, open. So, yeah. so I, I think now the fan base cannot be blamed and the fan base is probably exactly right if they say, okay, let's see now, because this is the perfect time. If we're going to get the payoff that you talked about at Twins Fest last year, this is the payoff. Yeah. Uh, we're going to come back to this when Doogie joins us and Doogie's, Doogie's been doing digging on who the Twins have been in contact with. And he'll give us a full update in about 30 minutes here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. We'll bring him in from 5 Eyewitness News. But Rami, are you ready? Have you stayed clear of bowl matchups totally the last 48 hours? I have no idea what's Was it a difficult bowl and what's for you? not. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's just what I do. <laughs> 
because when we come back, <laughs> we're going to find out if Rami Makhlouf knows his college football bowl games. Nervous. You're very excited. So nervous. Wedding. Yep. It's just hot in here, actually. He might need some insurance after uh, this epic failure that's about to happen here. And uh, if he does need insurance, I don't know if Federated's going to help a guy who just doesn't really know his college football bowl games. But I know that they help business owners out there. Federated's been helping business owners for over 100 years. Over a century of experience in helping businesses with face-to-face relationships and uh, risk management strategies. Uh, In fact, if you go to federatedinsurance.com, you can find a full list of industries that Federated protects on a regular basis. Auto services, retailers, wholesalers, contractors, dealerships, even funeral services and cabinet and custom woodworking businesses, machine, plastics, and tooling. Uh, Federated has a group of seasoned insurance professionals that will help manage risks to help you avoid the devastation that comes with filing a claim. And if you do get to the point where you have to file a claim, they've got experience helping people through that process as well. Federatedinsurance.com. It's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll start off with a reminder that the Score North podcast network consists of more than a dozen shows from Purple Daily and Raised by Wolves to the Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app, or just search Score North, S K O R North, anywhere you find podcasts. Mike Zimmer talked to the media yesterday and talked about Kirk Cousins having to trust some of his other options with Adam Thielen out. Here's what he said. You know, I, I think for Kirk, it's just, um, you know, he, he's been extremely accurate for, for quite a while now. Uh, he's getting the ball out quickly. Most of the time it's in the right place. Um, I think just the, the continue working in practice, throwing the ball to guys, you know, trusting them that they're going to be in the right place, right space. Um, and then, he, you know, I, I think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. And so, uh, you know, that's a big thing for, for him or any quarterback. That's been your score on our download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. We are Mackie and Judd with Rami. Back to the hot stove stuff and the latest twins rumors and news and notes in about 25 minutes with our guy, Darren Doogie Wolfson. But I think it's fair to say that of all of us here in this room, Rami yes. Makhlouf lacks the appreciation for college football that uh, that the that the average person does. I, I don't like fair that much. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Like you've just never really gotten gotten in on college football. Not really my thing. No. What what is it about? You love the NFL. Yes, I love watching anybody do anybody who's the best in their field at what they do. I love watching them do it. And college football players are not that. The NFL is that. Anything less than that is a subpar product, and I have other things to entertain me, quite honestly. Which is why he doesn't like the XFL. No appreciation for Netflix. that, finally. I got Disney Plus now. I got HBO Go. Didn't watch the Alliance. I got a YouTube TV subscription. What am I watching subpar football for? Especially exhibition subpar football. Love of the game. Which is what these bowl games all are. Sponsored exhibition subpar football. By the way, uh, our guy Matthew Collar, who does watch all yes. of these subpar exhibitions, he texted us during the uh, that we're going to get to the Patriot story here, and there's more developments. But mm-hmm. 
Uh, you know, a documentary about, uh, what did we say, a documentary about uh, advanced, advanced scouts would be great. Yeah. Matthew insta-texted during the segment and said, I wish that documentary was real. I would watch it in a row. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fully believe that. I 100% believe that. With some sexy sax man music playing in the background. It'd be great. So yeah, college football is not, uh, not really my thing. I'll watch two really good teams go at it. I watch the teams that I cover and talk about. And for by the way, that's about it. You are correct. On on the majority of ball games, you're absolutely so correct. Bad, They're, it's awful. It's bad football. That's well, the point. And uh, bad bad football down. is Probably is definitely right. the core of it. But bad names of bowl games is here we go. Probably <laughs> the subheading here. So Jonathan, if you could fire up some appropriate music, let's go. We're gonna play a game here called "How Well Does Rami Know His Bowl Games." And we're gonna throw out names of bowl games and also sponsors of bowl games. At you, and okay. you have to decide: Is this is a, this a real, real game, game? All right. that's happening in 2019 or 2020? Okay. Bowl game or not a bowl game? Here we go. All Here right, we go. And Judd and Jonathan, you guys are probably probably scanned the schedule a few more times than Rami has. You're welcome to chime in as there you like. There might be some I don't okay. know. All right. So we're going to start with the first one that Jonathan threw out yesterday as a joke, or was it mm-hmm. when he referred to the Cheez It Bowl? The Cheez It Bowl is the Cheez It Bowl a real bowl game or not? I would say no, if not for the fact that Jonathan brought it up yesterday. And he brought it up in passing way too easily for that to just be, for him to Did be I? planting something in my no. mind and throw Did me I? off his track. I'm going to say the cheese bowl is a real bowl. All right. Here He's we go. To a good start. I'm actually going to be proud of you. Game last year. The worst that you do. <laughs> like, I think if you get him right, it's a demerit. <laughs> uh, you're one for one, okay? All right, All right, here we go. All right, what about the Red Box Bowl? The Red Box Bowl? Yeah, you know, you've been to those yeah, little Red Box. Yeah, is Red Box even a thing anymore? You tell us. Much less the Red Box Bowl? You tell us. Are people watching DVDs? I feel like I should be hiding my face so he's not reading yeah. me at the poker table. you got to go right? chilly with the play card. I'm going to say oh. not a bowl. Go play card. I'm actually going to use a play chart. I'm going to say play not a bowl. see my face. You're going to say Red Box Bowl, not a bowl. It is a bowl game. There's really a Le- Red Box Bowl? It's a uh, it's a Big Ten school, Illinois against Cal in Levi Stadium. How does, Where where's your closest Red Box right now? Because I couldn't tell you where my closest Red Box. How is. does Red Box have enough money to buy a bowl? Who's buying? Well, who's again, using Red Box? Because it's the Red Box Bowl. It's Cal. It, how much does it really cost to buy the naming rights to a bowl game that features Illinois and Cal? Probably the same amount <laughs> it does to rent a DVD from Red Box. <laughs> where's it played? <laughs> Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Okay, so there's going to be. Dude. 10,000 people maximum. It's going to be the Netflix Bowl next year. Don't worry about it. That's the next one, I'm actually. I'm surprised there isn't a Netflix Bowl. <laughs> All right. I'm going to cover my cover face, face for, for these because right. I feel like I'm going to start laughing. All right. Start laughing yeah. anyway. <laughs> All right. Let's go. <laughs> it's not working. Let's go with the uh, the orange vanilla. <laughs> so good. All right. The orange vanilla Coke Alamo Bowl. The what? The orange vanilla Coke Alamo Bowl. I know the Alamo Bowl is a real thing. I don't know that Orange Vanilla Coke is the actual sponsor of it. I'm going to go total guess. I'm going to say yes. Yes, it's a bowl game. Yes, it's a bowl game. Who sponsors it? Uh, Valero, I want to say. Sponsors the Alamo Bowl. I would have said yes. Okay. When did this happen that the bowl games just became the names of their sponsors? When like they when realized did, how much money they could get there off became of that. 73 of them, right? Really? We don't just really get need like, the point Just get rid and of the point set. Actually, the point I believe, is the San Diego Union 
Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl is <laughs> wow. sponsored. You, know, you had like the Fiesta Bowl sponsored by Tostitos. Right. But it, then they just started going with like the CarMax Bowl and like the Blockbuster Bowl. You know why? Because they realized they could make more money just off having the, the Red name of Box the... Bowl. Remember the the, uh, the Gophers played in the MicronPC.com Bowl oh, during the man. Man. boom, and that, oh, co- yeah. that company folded. What an like honor for those kids! What an honor for those kids to play in that bowl. I bet they got nice gifts. All right, you're one for three so far. All right, right? this is uh, bowl game or no? Oh, well, they got stock. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Bowl. Get out of here, Tropical Smoothie Cafe Bowl. Judd has a confused look. I, I, a a I, don't, oh, I don't know. Do you have a guess? You want to help me out here since you're also clueless? I'm going to use you as my lifeline. Oh boy, that's a. I've never even heard of that place. Heard. What is it again? The uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafe Bowl. It sounds. I really don't know, but it sounds so far fetched. I almost think it's real. You want you say it real? Well, you're I my lifeline. I'm going with whatever you say on this one. Well, here's the problem: the Alamo Bowl. He put a fake sponsor in front of, right? But this has this is the sponsor. this is just the sponsor. I, I, I'm going real. I'm going to say it's a bowl. All right, it's the Frisco there Bowl, go, and it's Utah Thank State you, and sir. Kent State <laughs> at Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. You now have two correct answers. Well, there'll be ten people for that one. Who is watching this? That's and why? Ten people. Why don't you have something better to do with your life? Parents. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep moving through this list here. Is it a bowl game or no? The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. <laughs> I, I think I think I I caught that this. I think I caught the name. I think I'm going to say great. yes. I'm going to say yes. It's a real thing. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. I'm all in. It's a real thing. I'm all in. What? I heard about that somewhere. I don't remember Tony, where. But Tony I heard the about Tiger's that fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. All right. So uh, three correct here out of five for Rami Maclaw. All right. The Match.com Bowl. Match.com Bowl. <laughs> Well, they, uh, pa- they pair teams based on a hundred different criteria. <laughs> you know what? I'm declining. Okay. I'm declining that to go to the Tinder Bowl. See you later. <laughs> I'm swiping right. The Match.com Bowl. That's for more serious football programs. Yeah, <laughs> that's for people looking for football. They're love. looking for long-term success. The Tinder, Tinder Bowl. I'm just throwing just a cheap bombs thrill, all man. night in that just game. Just a cheap thrill. Just a New Year's Day date. Nothing um, but vertical offenses. I'm going to say not a bowl. All right. <laughs> you are correct. Okay. It is, it is not a bowl. But it should it's be. It should be. Up. That yeah, should, should be a bowl. Be. I think next year it's going to be a bowl for sure. All right? All right. What about... What was that cheating site a few years ago? They tried to buy the uh, sponsorship of the Jets and Giants Stadium. Ma- Ashley Madison. Ashley, Ashley I knew there was a Madison yeah. in it. Is there an yeah. Ashley Madison Bowl? I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they've tried. <laughs> I where, forgot about where, that. Where the referees just look the other way and hold it. Again. Well, they already. <laughs> All right. Here's uh, here's your next one. The first responder bowl. The first responder bowl. I don't know, but I'm going. I think that's real. Don't I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. That's a bowl. Who says Rami doesn't know his bowl game? All right. Right. It is. Okay. The first so, responder God's bowl. I'm so disappointed in you right now. <laughs> Between I really didn't know that, but I was guessing it was real. Two directional schools, <laughs> Western Kentucky and Western Michigan oh, at Gerald man. J. Ford Stadium Ooh, in Dallas. So Football. That's going to be. <laughs> Sign me up. It's it's whatever's left of row the boat at Western Michigan. <laughs> is that the first bones. responder bowl? <laughs> All right. What about. The Celebration Bowl. 
Celebration. The bowl. Cool in the game. Cool in the game. Performs a halftime show. Are they still around? The Fresh Bowl. The Summer Madness Bowl. I'm going to say not a bowl. I'm gonna, that's not a bowl. Um, what? Oh, yeah. The Celebration Bowl at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta between Alcorn what? State and North Carolina A&T. They're okay. wasting that beautiful building on that game? <laughs> yes, they are. All right. I got a couple more for you here. And what are we celebrating? Bad football? North Carolina A&T has a great What's option. What's record right okay. now? Uh, he's got five correct out of, I believe, eight or nine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Something like that. Started keeping track. Shocking the world. All right, Rami. The Chuck and Don's Cotton Bowl Shut Classic. Up. Shut up. The Chuck and Don's I know Cotton, the Cotton Bowl Stella, Classic. Stella love Chuck and Don's. The, what is Chuck and Don's? It's a pet store. What do you mean? Store. It's a pet store. You pet? have a dog, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Chuck and Don's is great. Calhoun yeah. Square. It's fantastic. Calhoun Square. Right by you. No, I use uh, Chewy.com, man. I'm not carrying that big bag of food home. Is there a Chewy.com? You can bowl? take your dog to the store and, and the dog can browse. Stella loves that store. She goes there, great. spends time there. Yeah, we get treats for Tommy at Chuck and Don's. Yeah, they Chuck and Don's is fantastic. They do bats? Do they do bats there? Bats, nail trimmings? You know, I don't know. Hmm. Check right. them out. Right. Chuck and Don's. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that is not a bowl. Yeah. Rami's catching on here. You know what? That, sh- that should be a bowl, though. Again, Chuck that and should. Rolls out the, the Chuck, Chuck and Don's Cotton Bowl Classic. Yeah. I feel like, the only reason I said that, I feel like Chuck and Don's can't have enough money to buy a bowl, but then again, Redbox has a bowl. So I don't know that my <laughs> reasoning was necessarily sound, but I was right. The Chuck and right. Bowl, more, more bark than bite. What about the Lending Tree Bowl? <laughs> the what? The Lending Tree Bowl. <laughs> is the Lending Tree Bowl a real bowl game? It would be ironic if the Lending if lending Tree was the sponsor of a college bowl game since uh, most of the country is in college uh, loan debt. Um, I'm going to say not a bowl. Not a bowl. Oh, sorry. That game is being played in Mobile, Alabama at Ladd Peebles Stadium between Louisiana and Miami of Ohio. Wow. And uh, I got one more for you here. Okay, if Rami. If this is this really? is what he, are you what are you doing with your is life? He five and five right now. He's five yeah, and five. This Rami, is bat- you can buy tickets for that game for twenty seven dollars. Not worth it. <laughs> You're five and five right now. This next one is to prove. That you either do or don't know okay. your ball games. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go with this one. <laughs> You're not holding your play card I'm, up in front of your face. I'm laughing at, Judd, at Judd's acapella situation. Right now. <laughs> I love this. All right. The old game show Friday. Music. A little beatbox. The Michelob Ultra Bowl. The Michelob Ultra Bowl. <laughs> okay. Again, I don't. I'm not answering this with any certainty whatsoever. I don't think they'd have an alcohol sponsor for a college football game where most of the participants on the field are under drinking age. I'm going to say no. He does All right. no games. All right. Right. Off, everybody. Way to go. Not to be confused with the Smirnoff Bowl. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> the Smirnoff Bowl would be great because at random points during the game, like you just get iced and have to slam a Smirnoff <laughs> 30 yards. Actually, line. actually, White Claw needs a bowl. White Claw's probably uh probably the next alcohol company to make a point. You would think so. Yeah. Time for the clock kickoff. Uh, let's take uh, Dan's been on hold here with a with a twins question nice for a minute. I'm proud of myself. Six and five. Thanks. Dan, you're on Mackie and Judd with Robbie. Hey Dan, you there? Dan? Hey Dan. Dan. Dan didn't like Dan. Her, Dan. Dan, 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 Dan. All right, we're gonna say bye to Dan. <laughs> Dan got tired of the Dan, By the way, Tate, Dan passed Tate out. Tate tweets in. Tate is our uh, our uh, Roku guy. Remember he tweeted in about the Transformers thing? He works for Roku. He says Redbox actually has an app on Roku. So you can rent new movies right on your TCL Roku TV. Wait a second. Wait, so 
Redbox, Redbox is basically like sort of Netflix, but without all of the original shows. I guess, yeah. Wait, but can't you get the stuff? And Redbox responded to his, te- his tweet. It sounds pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, there, there they are. Redbox. Can't you get what you're looking for through Netflix, though, or no? Yes. So why would you need to use the Redbox app if you've got the Netflix? Okay, what am I missing with Redbox here? So Redbox, Redbox is a company that loans out DVDs, right, or yes. Blu-ray. I think probably both. Okay. You say both, right? Yeah. So... Their pivot is, wait a second, instead of mailing out the DVDs or, like, giving them out through these vending machines. That's right? what Netflix did 10 years ago. Netflix used to mail you a DVD. Yeah, we used and, to get them And 10 mail. years ago, they're like, let's stop doing that and just uh, do this online and then make our own shows and right. hire a bunch of smart directors and actors and things like that. So Redbox's pivot is not to become a production company that makes awesome shows. It's to just make the movies available online like everybody else? I guess. I don't know, man. Ask Redbox. They're tweeting at us. <laughs> How are they still in business then, and why do they have a bowl? I, th- I, th- I think it shows you the the price of an Illinois versus Cal bowl game in 2018. Can we buy a bowl? We Score North Bowl? Oh. We should try. Get the oh. game here? We could try. U.S. Bank Stadium. Score uh, North Bowl. Some of, these stadiums are, some of these stadiums are more like, uh, what's your old, uh, what's your high school? Benilde? Benilde, yeah. That's probably the size. Should we play it at Benilde? Yeah. It's right um, down the street from me. Do you have the latest update? I might watch uh, this Patriots update it. here. I oh, want to hear yeah, this. Yeah, 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 I need yeah. to hear this. Uh, from It looks like this is from The Athletic uh, that came out this afternoon. So the story as left is they, the Patriots claimed that the reason why they were in Cleveland filming their upcoming opponent, the Bengals, was because they were doing a story called Do Your Job for their website, I believe, right? Okay. On, the, on, their, on their site, and that it was about an advanced scout. Well... <clears throat> This, as I said, I believe comes this afternoon from The Athletic. According to sources who have viewed the tape, it shows about eight minutes of footage focusing on recording the Bengals' sideline. Now, here's the problem. It's a direct view of the sideline as players run on and off the field and coaches make signals for plays. This is not an over-the-shoulder of the advanced scout who is doing his job, which is, of course, what it's supposed to be. This is directly shooting the sideline for an extended period of time the egregious nature of the video is why it set off the firestorm it did during the game with the Bengals executives in the press box in Cleveland so let me get this straight mm-hmm. all right so we've got the Vikings entertainment network here in town they put out a bunch of content they do like animated video series they do little documentaries behind the scenes things it's a wonderful content platform you're saying the Patriots entertainment network mm-hmm. pen I guess you call it but the Patriots entertainment network is essentially a storefront for Bill Belichick to cheat, right? That's what this story is saying. Hey, we've got this production hub, and we do features on our employees and on our players and on our advanced scouts, and so uh, our, our advanced scout is going to be in Cincinnati, and we just need to send a film crew out, uh, a crew out there to film him doing his job, right? And really, they're filming the sideline of a one-win team. It's a, it, it, is a, it is a football attempt of laundering money, basically, right? Yes. Because Belichick can then say, I have no idea what the production people from my team were doing. I'm the coach of this team. So if they get caught, he can duck. And if they don't get caught, he can cheat. Do you think their culture is set up to where he's not even telling them to do this? They just know that, like, man, if we're going to be out there in Cincinnati anyways, let's get some film of the Bengals' sideline. No, I think this is coordinated. 
And I love the arrogance of we just need something barely plausible enough to kind of sort of get away with it. Just to plant a seed of doubt in people's minds as to whether or not we were doing what they suspect us of doing. We don't need to look innocent. We just need it to be plausible enough that we can reasonably deny what we're being accused of. Did you guys see the note from the Outside the Lines report a couple of years ago about the whole Spygate situation? That basically they have built-in excuses. They've told their people if you get caught, they have built-in excuses. And one of them is you're shooting fo- footage for a team show. <laughs> this was a couple of years ago so in an Outside re- the Lines report. So they're oh recycling God. their best of material yeah. basically 2019 now. Yeah. How likely is it that they've been doing the Spygate thing for 10 years even though they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar the first time around? When did they get caught? 2007? Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. So they probably they probably put the kibosh on it for a couple of years maybe. So 10 years, absolutely. What's more brazen? This or the Astros? Probably this. Because you told the league, hey, we're sending a video guy to shoot an advanced scout documentary. You told the league, we're sending a guy to cheat. You didn't say you were sending a guy to cheat, but you said after you were caught videotaping people's practices and cheating using that tactic, you told the league, hey, we're going to send a video guy out there. And you know what it's for? For an advanced scout documentary. See, I would actually say, I would actually say the Astros is, these are both high-level and egregious forms of cheating, but I would say the Astros is worse because if you think about it, the Astros' advantage is they are picking up with high-definition technology cameras. They are picking up a catcher's sign that he's putting down in a very closed-off area, and they're getting those signs in real time and signaling to the batter. They wouldn't be able to do it in real time with just someone like hanging over the fence, like you need you need something zoomed in to see the catcher signs and to get those signs in real time, right? In this Patriots case, you could, in theory, you could argue. Well, I mean, there's sixty thousand. Well, Bengals, there's thirty thousand people in the stadium at any given time, right? And like you could have two or three people just sort of staring at the Bengals, like their sideline and looking at their. Uh, I guess they're looking for what, like the way that the coaches signal they're in plays for the signals and, and to sync th- those up to steal them, which is really weird because it's the Bengals and you they probably won don't need one that, right? And you really don't need yeah. that to beat them. But I mean, I mean, how likely is it? Like this makes you think the Patriots. If this is if this is, turns out to be that they're cheating, and it looks like all signs are pointing to yes, they're cheating again here. How much does Spygate and Deflategate and these, like, there's also stories about, like, Bill Belichick having assistants go in and steal the first 15, like, the scripted plays from opposing teams' locker rooms, right? Like, how much do you look at all these different little forms of cheating and cutting corners as pillar reasons for why they've dominated for 20 years versus they're just good? Well, let's see here. The Astros are doing it and being very successful. The Patriots are doing it and have been successful for years. If I'm a fan here, I want my team to cheat. I want the Vikings to cheat to cheat. Would you be okay if this exact story came out about the Vikings? Like if this exact story came out about the Vikings that they've been filming opposing teams on the sidelines. Oh, that's a really good question. The you know, Spygate thing came out. That's a great question because I don't know that my answer would be unequivocally I'm upset about it. I wouldn't like it. Really? Yeah. I don't know how I'd react. I mean ultimately like obviously Playing the game on the field is eighty yeah. percent of it. But if you have information that can help you understand what plays okay, might be coming say at that, you, especially or, in that sport, or like you said in in baseball, knowing what pitch is coming. 
If you found like out that's, that's the, pretty vital information. If you had. found out the twins did, did what Houston is accused of, and it looks like they did, I don't. You know, I don't know how I'd react. I cannot say that I would pound this table and be over the top upset. If the twins were doing something like this, is where huh. like I don't get as upset with the steroid error because so many players were doing steroids, and it's so hard to quantify what the gain is, and uh, so that's where Rami and I differ a little bit on the steroid era, but. If you found out that the Twins were one of two or three teams or were the only team that were getting this advantage, this technological advantage, and they were blatantly cheating, it would make me feel pretty dirty. Like, if they won a World Series and they were the only team that was cheating in that way. And now, if I found out that actually 20 or 25 teams are doing this and the Twins were just the first team to get caught, I'd be like, all right, well, at least like there was a common denominator. At least everybody okay. was doing it. Here's my question, though. To your point, if they won a championship, though, so so your choice is championship and you're cheating or no championship and the Yankees beat you in the first round again. Which do you take? Again, if you're the only team, if it's not a widespread thing like the pine tar thing or the yeah, uh, yeah. like the bullfrog. But I'm talking sunscreen. parade down 94. I'm talking I would freeway feel dirty about stuff. It. I'd feel dirty about it. I would too. I'd want it to be straight up as, I, as much as possible. When I was in Milwaukee and the whole Ryan Braun thing was going down and yep. people were like, everybody's doing it, man. What's the big deal? Because that was, that was the excuse. And of course... It's it's wrong until it's your guy. Whether no matter what we're talking about, Patriots fans are defending the Patriots up and down today, and that's that's what happens in every fan base. A large portion is going to try to rationalize it, uh, okay, normalize it, say it's okay. Everybody's doing it, and my response was, I don't care who else is doing it. I would rather lose the right way than win the wrong way. I don't want my team going down that yeah, road. I don't want right. to feel I don't want to feel dirty about the championships that my team won. Man, that parade would be fun. I'm with Rami on this one. Sorry, guys. Although I did cheer when Hulk Hogan hit Andre the Giant in the back with a steel chair at WrestleMania. You see? Four, we so. all have our different points, huh? But Andre all the Giant had points. turned heel at that point. Not a good guy. And he, he was, had it coming. And he was wearing a singlet. So if it is the Yankees, I guess, and the Twins want to cheat. But only the Yankees. Only the Yankees. So now we're now the it, now if it's the Yankees, it's okay. But if it's the age, <laughs> you can't do it to them. Uh, no. Blue Jays. Don't mess with the Blue Jays. Correct. But you can mess with the Yankees. Yeah, it's an interesting story. I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious that they were cheating again. So well, but, we'll see what the fallout is. But seriously, the Bengals, that's the one yeah, thing you, I just don't get. You don't need it. When we come back, we're going to find out from Doogie who the twins are in on here. He's been doing digging for the last uh, couple days and for the last couple months, really. By the way, we do have uh, news from the winter meetings. D.D. Gregorius, one-year deal with the Phillies. Try okay. to reestablish his value. Gregorius uh, is the, euphorious over that deal. We should just go to a break. That ain't it, Judd. <laughs> Twins Hot Stove, when we come back here, after we talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota, now listen up, folks. The biggest sales event of the year is here. It's Toyotathon. Toyotathon is on right now. That means a great opportunity for you to get into the Toyota you want and save big, big money with my friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota. 0% financing for 60 months on all remaining 2019 Highlanders. It's also your last chance for closeout pricing on all remaining 2019 Tacomas and 4Runners, and the 2020 RAV4s have arrived on the lot. Get $1,000 bonus cash when financing with Luther Brookdale Toyota. They're open until 9 o'clock tonight, so you can stop in on your way home. And again, it's Toyotathon. It's the biggest sales event of the entire year. This is your best chance to put a bow 
on a Toyota. Maybe get one for uh, your wife. Get 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 one for uh, your kid who turns sixteen. I don't know. Just make sure there's safety features if you're getting a car for a sixteen year old. It's also kind of dangerous. Uh, Six ninety four in Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. More Twins Hot Stove discussion next. You know me at my condescending best. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. We are day two of the winter meetings in San Diego. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, not in San Diego. We're here. It's like 15 below zero, I think, outside. Can we go to San Diego? Opposite of San Diego. Let's hop on some flights tonight. Okay. Sounds good to me. I am down. Where's credit card? But Doogie is bringing the San Diego and the hot stove to us. You can follow him on Twitter at DWolfson KSTP. You can listen to his Scoop podcast. A couple times a week here on scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth app and anywhere you find podcasts and also airing at 6 p.m. on Fridays. Welcome to the show, Doogie. The floor is yours. What are the twins doing and what is the latest steam that you have gathered? Hello, gentlemen. Good to see you guys. Would you believe in all the months of Mackie and Judd with Rami, this is my first in-studio appearance with you guys. Is it really? Yeah, I'm being divergent. I mean, seriously, you've been doing the show. Wow. I mean, remember back in the... Judd's blowing in your ear right now. Back in the mid-afternoon or early afternoon or mid-morning days. No, I'm just saying, Rami, I've never been in here. Do you want to turn the lights down? Because I think, what, Phil, that because there's four voices, sometimes five, if Manny's here, Jonathan's here. I mean, let's There's too many voices, so I've been told, hey... So only when you have reckless speculation okay, on the air production twins, are you welcome in the studio. You pick a time every week. You pick a time, and we'll make this happen weekly again. You tell us, you give us your schedule, and we'll, we'll bring the scoop back. This is it right weekly. here. Tuesdays, 5 o'clock or Boom. 4.30. I mean, I'm flexible on Tuesdays, but Tuesdays. <laughs> Write that Mark down. Mark it down. Okay, so what are Write the twins up to? They were seeking some FaceTime with Scott Boros today. I mean, rightfully so. Scott was busy yesterday with the Nationals, wrapping up the Strasburg deal. So... He was tied up, but I know the Twins were seeking some FaceTime with Boros today. He has Ryu, he has Dallas Keuchel. I mean, he's got a bunch of different guys. So, I mean, clearly the Twins have interest in those guys. We know that the Twins have interest in Madison Bumgarner, but I'll tell you this much. There are Major League Baseball sources indicating to me that as much as the steam is out there that Ryu prefers to be on the West Coast, that Bumgarner really doesn't have a whole lot of interest in coming here to Minnesota. Hmm. That whether it's Atlanta, because the Braves do have interest in Baumgartner, maybe another team in that geographical location of the country, that that there is a preference, A, to remain in the National League, and B, to be somewhere south. That doesn't mean that money can't talk if the Twins want to blow Baumgartner away with an offer, but I'm not also sure, just based on a little bit of intel, that the Twins, I mean, they set price points on all these guys. Do I firmly believe that the Twins view Madison Baumgartner as a 20 to $23 million a year type pitcher? I don't. So do I believe the Twins are willing to offer Bumgarner five years over $100 million? I would be surprised. Now, maybe they buckle under peer pressure, feel like, hey, they need to add somebody. you know. But I guess I would be surprised on that front. But I think ultimately they land somebody. I know a lot of Twins fans are upset. They're wondering what the heck is going on. I guess I would say it's December 10th. It's not March 10th. I wouldn't sleep on the trade market. You know, I think Keuchel offers some appeal. You know, so I think they're going to end up with somebody. I wouldn't necessarily be upset if Ryu 
or Bumgarner in the next week or two end up elsewhere. Is there is there pressure to make a move not just from a baseball standpoint, but from a PR standpoint in that building to to satisfy Twins fans and shut up the ones who say they they're never serious about signing big ticket free agents? I mean, Rami, I think the loud ones are the ones that are on Twitter, and I call them the ten to twelve percenters. I don't feel like a lot of fans are canceling their season tickets. Right. Or some of the corporate sponsors are are on the cusp of backing out of 2020 and 2021 agreements because the twins haven't signed anybody or traded for for a starter. And I also I mean, I think fans struggle with this. They have made moves. Right. I mean, I'm still baffled why Odorizzi accepted the qualifying offer. (laughs) I mean, I think he would have gotten paid. I do. But hey, that's a win. Right. You have Odorizzi back. You convinced Pineda, who had interest from five or six other teams. I actually believe he turned down a little bit more money from some other teams because he feels like, hey, you know, I screwed the Twins a little bit last year. I really like working under the tutelage of Wes Johnson, Rocco Baldelli. I'm coming back to the Twins. So that, to me, was a pretty good move. Savvy move. They did sign Alex Avila. Jason Castro is seeking a starting job. I don't know if he gets that, but I know the Astros mm-hmm. and the Tigers and the Angels and the Rangers have some interest in Jason. Jason's agent is also Mitch Garver's agent. So that agent can play that game, you know. So Jason's seeking a starting opportunity. I think the Twins knew that. So the Twins really didn't express interest in in bringing Jason back. But I would just caution fans to just give it some time. Let it breathe. Let's just see how this plays out over the next couple months. If they don't make a move here the next couple days, it'll be okay. So, Dukes, from the folks over with the Twins that you talked to um, as well, though, I think there's an interesting opportunity here. The Vikings are the Vikings. That's not going to change. But the Wolves are off the map, basically. The Wolves are nobody cares right now. The Wild is the other one that has lost fans right and left. So it's not that the Twins would make a move to shut fans up. Here's our move. It's a move to make fans say, oh, whoa, because that's going to sell season tickets. That's going to you. You are going to help pay the contract potentially of the player that you sign with that move. So, and and I am not trying to say on a year by year basis the Twins should always go for broke. They shouldn't, and they don't. But this is one, Dukes, where I think it's a really interesting. Uh, the success of the team on the field crosses paths with the potential box office slash business success, and you could really justify making a splash. Because you could make it really clear-cut, Vikings won, but you're right there. And everybody else, professional sports team-wise, or go for basketball, is way down here. Well, I still think the Twins are number two in this market, or maybe the Packers are number two. But I think it's it's been like that for years. But I'm saying for putting people but for I think season that's tickets. Fair. Yeah, I think that's fair, Judd, but like, give me a specific example. Then. Like, should they offer Bumgarner five years, $120 million? I'd be, very, I'd be tempted to I mean, to I think go. they have a chance to get Madison... To want to come here, I think you need to go to about that number. Five years, 120. Would you do that? I think about it long and hard. So, yeah. and so my answer I don't know if I would. My answer is if if I have no other shot at Ryu or and, and we can talk about Keichel here in this segment too, because I think I mean I don't know if Keichel's not on that level, but he's a ground ball pitcher. But if it's Madison Bumgarner or nothing else, and there's really no realistic trade options out there, and it's just it's either you sign Madison Bumgarner to five years, one twenty five or you wait until July and cross your fingers that you can get something at the deadline, 
I'm paying five one twenty five for Medicine Bumgarner. I'm okay as we've talked about with him not being worth the value of his contract on the back half because you're ta- you're taking your big swings here in the next two or three years while this window is open. But if he's not worth the money in the first in the first year of the deal, Doogie, I'm not I'm not overpaying for Madison Bumgarner just to walk away from the winter meetings and say, "Hey, look, we got somebody." I agree. I'm with you, Rami. I also would argue that they view the window as being more open than just the next two or three years. I get it. Coming off 101 wins, you know, we feel like that they're on the cusp, right? That right. in 2020, they can really make a run, even though we know about their their lengthy playoff losing streak. But I get all that. But they feel like with a top 10 farm system that they can sustain success for a number of years. And I only think it's just Bumgarner that, that really moves the needle. Like, I think Ryu, like, if you're asking me if I'd rather have Ryu or Bumgarner, I'll take the Dodger. I'll, I'll take him. In terms of, like, on the field, yeah. Yeah, I would. I think for 2020, 2021, I think you can get him on a shorter term deal potentially. What's the price take for him? Well, I think it's 20 to 25 million dollars a year. I mean, okay. you're dealing with Scott Boros. I mean, I don't think Scott's taking anything less for, for him to send his client here to Minnesota. So, I mean, I think you'd have to pay, but I don't think you need to offer him four or five years. You know, what is he, 32 or 33? Yeah, 32, yeah. But I just, I don't think he moves the needle. Like, you mean to tell me that he moves the needle? I think it's Bumgarner. Like, who else out there moves the needle? Even Rick Porcello, who they've inquired on. No. And he's a former Cy Young guy. He doesn't move the needle. I think it's Bumgarner or Bust in that regard. Yeah. Keuchel's an interesting one in that he came back. It, 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 him and Craig Kimbrell both signed around the same time. And Kimbrell was a disaster because he didn't have spring training and he was banged up. Uh, Keuchel was fine. He wasn't. It wasn't his best season. But Keuchel at his best, there's been two or three seasons where Keuchel has been in the mix as one of the best starting pitchers in all the baseball uh, he's extreme ground ball pitcher guy who doesn't get as many strikeouts as Barrios or some of the top strikeout pitchers in baseball. At his worst, he's definitely not worth the fifteen to twenty million dollars that you would pay him. So you you you'd kind of be hoping that Dallas Keuchel would perform at the level that he did in two thousand seventeen, two thousand fifteen, fourteen. Um, but he's been he he's been sort of a Jake Odorizzi level pitcher in terms of like he's a good solid number two, number three guy. I wouldn't at all rip the Twins if Keuchel was the one they wound up with at the end. If, if, if your rotation was Barrios, Keuchel, Odorizzi, Michael Pineda, and then something you could even add at the trade deadline, and then this offense and this lineup, I'm in on that. Sign me up for that, but only after you've exhausted Ryu and Madison Bumgarner. You could sell me on that, but I think the goal this offseason always should have been, if that's the ultimate result, to trump Jose Barrios. That you bring in somebody that's better. Yeah. Dan Burrios. You bring in a guy that you can throw out there game one, ALDS, yep. against the Yankees. Then Burrios slots in thereafter, whoever's hot. Are we, are we, are we by the, the way, are we just sort of, because I, I don't know if I'm ready to concede that Burrios has hit his ceiling yet. I mean, I would plan for him. I, it, obviously, the best case scenario is you sign someone or you trade for someone who's better. And then if he also gets on that level, now you're ready to I don't really think you're done there, though, but I do, I do think that you go into 2020. Saying if we find ourselves in the exact position that we were in 2019, that Brios now can slot in at two, and if Brios becomes a one in 2021 or 2022, fantastic. But to me, this is to me now. You you go to spring training, rightfully so, with an expectation not of going back to the playoffs, but now making a legitimate run. And I think Brios as your one in 2020 doesn't personally right now get me there yet. So. I think, the, Phil, the answer to your question is 
For now, you slot a guy above Barrios, and if Barrios bounces back in 2021 and, and is a lights-out ace, that's awesome. Okay, how many of these guys that we're talking about, we're talking about Ryu, Bumgarner, Keichel, and let's say uh, uh, my guy from the Rockies, Jonathan Gray, who is a number 3 overall pick. Are any of those guys definitively better than Jose Barrios? Because I'm going to say no. I would say no. I agree with you. No. Those that's guys, why... That's why you at least make Garrett Cole think about a two-year, one hundred million dollar offer. Maybe even go higher than that. Dude, and I, I get I, it. I'm with Doogie. I pay. Two, I do too. I'm I, with you. I, I pay that guy fifty million a year for two years. Though, right? I get it. He wants to be on the West says, Coast. No, I think the Yankees need to go to nine three hundred. I would. Chance. I would rather have Garrett Cole on a two-year, one hundred million dollar contract than an eight-year, two hundred seventy million dollar contract that he's, he's probably going to sign. Twenty-nine. So you give him the opportunity to re-enter free agency. At 31, Dude. which isn't ridiculous. He's not I coming. love this idea. I think you have to actually go higher than 200. And guess what? The wow. Angels come in well, and say, bang. It speaks to Roberts. Reckless speculation. Yeah, here's the, amazing. Here's the key, though. The Mad it's Bum. <laughs> Mad Bum, though, in game one, to me, is, is talent slash mentality. And I want Brios to see that. That's what I want. Because if we're talking just pure talent, Brios is could be great it's fantastic but i'm talking a bulldog who goes out there and says i don't give a bleep and i'm talking about a guy who's been there before and i'm talking about a guy that brios can be like whoa i thought i was tough guess what i wasn't tough this guy's tough i just learned you're talking about a guy like boof bonzer boof bonzer <laughs> yeah i'm talking about randy dodnick yeah. <laughs> i i didn't uber in five minutes no but i think that that's what that's why this intrigues me i'm talking about um talent and mentality. And the mentality from a guy like that, to me, would take everything up a notch. Is the talent still there, though? And if the talent isn't there, do you still have that bulldog mentality? Phil's We're not talking Bumgarner up. of 2014 Phil, give, anymore. Give him your theory about that. On Bumgarner? Bum. Yes, because I yeah, like Yeah, Bumgarner is uh, much like anyone who pitches for the Tigers right now or the Orioles right now. There's like six or seven organizations that have just completely fallen behind when it comes to modern trends and player development and pitcher development. And as crazy as it sounds, because the Giants were a pitching factory for years, right? And they pumped out Madison Bumgarner and Tim Lincecum and Matt Cain and all these dudes like 10 years ago. The Giants are behind the times. Now, I, I like uh, Farhan Zaidi is their new general manager, he I want to say, right? Yeah. He's, and he's brilliant, and he mm-hmm. comes from a pipeline of Oakland A's and I believe Dodgers. Uh, but... But I don't think the Giants have been maximizing Madison Bumgarner the last three years in the way that the Astros have maximized a Verlander or uh, the Cubs have maximized a John Lester or whatever it is. I think the Twins could rejuvenate and maybe even add velocity to Madison Bumgarner. And I think there's probably six or seven organizations that could take him and give him a jolt. Didn't he have the highest increase in spin rate from 2018 to 2019 in all of Major League Baseball? Mm -hmm. So I don't think that age is necessarily taking its toll on Madison Bumgarner yet. I think it is some of what Phil is talking about. He has thrown a lot of pitches, though, right? Yes. I mean, age-wise, he's, what, six, seven, eight months older than Zach Wheeler? But in terms of number of pitches thrown in the big leagues, I mean, we're talking thousands, right? Yes. Isn't it plural? Just in terms of... Because you think about all the postseason pitches that Bumgarner has thrown, yeah, he's, you do have to wonder, right? As you even get into maybe years three and four, let alone five. But you could and say I'm just that, saying, any chance the Twins have to get Bumgarner, it's all about offering five years. Maybe even they have to offer six, right? I mean, Darvish got six one twenty six at the same yeah. age. 
couple of years ago. They might have to go to six years just to have any prayer to convince Bumgarner to leave the National League and to come here to Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a game like you don't know because Justin Verlander came in the league when he was 21 or 22 and has just been a machine pitching 200 but innings every year. he's the outlier, right? Like he's... But is Bumgarner in that class? Is Bumgarner no, also an outlier? I, I mean, based that's on this past year, no, he's not. Yeah, that's what your gamble would be that he would that he would still be effective for like another five or six years. Hey, on, on the so uh, you had, I believe, the Twins making contact with Josh Donaldson a few weeks ago. I think I can't remember if that was your report, but yeah, I've seen you tweeting about it. I don't know if it's happened already. I know as of over the weekend, they were setting up some FaceTime with Donaldson's agent. But do I think that Josh Donaldson is like a big time priority right now for the Twins? I don't. What are there any other position players right now? Because they could use either a first or a third baseman still, right? I mean, they could Miguel Sano could move over to first base. Aside from Josh Donaldson, and by the way, here is a Ken Rosenthal tweet on MLB Network right now behind us about Josh. Reckless speculation. The, uh, Anthony Rendon isn't the only free agent third baseman. The Angels are considering. They're also checked in on Josh Donaldson, sources tell the Athletics. So, but like, what other position players have you caught steam on? Well, I mean, they inquired about Didi Gregorius, who's now a Philadelphia Philly. You, know, you keep in mind that, that Gregorius' agent also represents Alex Avila, represents Rick Porcello. So when the Twins were having dialogue about Avila, you know, those names came up. There is a guy from, is it Japan or Korea? And I don't know how to say the name. T-S-U-T-U-G-O. I think John Morrison, some other national reporters. The guy who hits a bunch of home runs. Well, but there's some thought that he can also play some first base. I'm not even quite sure what kind of defender he is in total. I mean, he might just really be a DH, but... Uh, they were seeking out some FaceTime with with his agent. I know that didn't happen yesterday, but I know the Twins, more so actually his agent, was seeking out the FaceTime with the Twins. But that was set to take place either today or will take place tomorrow. So that's a name. There's a deadline of December 19th. You know, there's all those crazy rules with the posting and all that. So there needs to be some sort of finality on whether he stays overseas. I can't remember if it's Japan or Korea, but, you know, stays overseas or comes to the majors. Like, we'll have closure on that front by December 19th. So I know the Twins are kicking the tires on him. Mm. I love the speculation. Isn't it's it great? It's just so amazing. great. And Todd Frazier's another name. I mean, there's, there's, it's, there's it's guys that can over to speculation. Is, is he going to first base, do you think? Miguel Snow? I think, well, put it this way. I think that conversation has come up. Mm-hmm. Do I think they've made like a final determination on whether that's going do you think to happen? Do you think they're no? Leaning? I think they're still open minded to to all possibilities. Okay, Doogie, what do you think has happened this offseason that all of a sudden teams are spurned to action in free agency? When the last two or three years we've seen big ticket free agents go just about into spring training. I mean, last year we had an all star closer and an all star starter not signed till the season was well underway. What's changed this offseason that Major League Baseball's hot stove is suddenly hot again? That is interesting. I mean. Could a case be made that some teams that maybe weren't competing so much last year now feel like they're closer to being on the cusp of, of winning a division? Now, the White Sox tried to sign Manny Machado True. last year, but, you know, the White Sox, you know, again, this winter, you know, they offer Zach Wheeler the most money. You know, I guess the Phillies, I mean, they signed Bryce Harper a year ago, but now the Phillies are all in and they sign they sign Wheeler. I just, you know, I think there's probably more teams that look at it and say, okay. Fewer rebuilding teams, more competing teams. Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, but okay. it's an interesting uh, inquiry that, that you bring up there, Rami, because last winter was really, really weird. Boring. The last, boring. The last two I don't even been, argue right? this is boring, though. I mean, I think they need to find a way. I just, 
you know, whatever you can do to spice up the winter meetings or just speed things up. I I don't like the slow play. What, what do you want, more trades or signings right now? Well, I wonder if you put, in, in, in fact, I, I think somebody's brought this up on, on a national level, the idea of, of a December trade deadline. Actually, that was Justin Jason, Jason Stark's Jason Stark. uh, article yeah. at The okay. Athletic. Yeah. That got thrown out last year, too, right? Yeah. And his Jason Stark's idea was the Tuesday of the trade deadline at 3 p.m., is the deadline to make any off-season trades, and then you can't make any more trades until close to opening day. Okay, so so Tuesday of the winter meeting. Right, so so today at 3 p.m., making a trade to get a player to improve your baseball team is no longer an option, and Stark's theory is that would motivate more teams to go into free agency to improve themselves because that's the only avenue at that point. I love it. And you can't hold that leverage over agents and, and free agents' heads, right? Well, I mean, if you're going to ask for that much money, then we'll just we'll go, just go on a trade, the trade for market. someone. Right. You can't. Real quick, since we have Doogie for a couple more minutes here, this is uh, our, our debut scoop segment on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, bringing it from the old morning show. And we're officially, I saw Jonathan put it into our shared document every Tuesday. Scoop. Boom. Come on up Good. here and hang nice. out with us. Appreciate that, boys. So uh, I didn't see this, but social media Seth tweeted out a graphic from ESPN's The Jump today. According to Adrian Wojnarowski on The Jump today, the Timberwolves are looking to acquire D'Angelo Russell or Kyle Lowry. But they are back in the mix for D'Angelo Russell because, I mean, the Warriors are terrible. So, A, uh, what are your thoughts on that? And, B, when can they actually trade for D'Angelo Russell? Can they do it now? Or do they have to wait a certain amount of time because he's new with the Warriors? Can yeah, they, I mean, they can't now? trade for Russell right this second, but as of December 15th. So when is that? Is that Sunday? As of Sunday, a yes. few days from now, mm. they could strike a deal for D'Angelo Russell. Kyle Lowry did sign a contract extension. In Toronto for one year. I'm not quite sure the Raptors are real motivated to move Lowry right this second. I mean, the East, I mean, I like Boston. I like Rami's Bucks. You know, I think Philadelphia is really good. But I think Toronto and Miami slot in thereafter. I mean, Toronto, even minus Kawhi, can still make a run. So I would be surprised if, if Lowry goes before the early February trade deadline. But yeah, I mean, I think Golden State at some point will be motivated to move Russell. Now, is that right now, or is it in the summer? But, yeah, I mean, I would bet you name the price that there is zero chance that Russell fulfills the five years of, or was it four, the four-year contract he signed with Golden State in the summer. And, yeah, I mean, as long as, I mean, heck, Carl Anthony Towns loves the guy. Carl Anthony Towns is a creative arts agency guy. Andrew Wiggins is a creative arts agency guy. Gerson Rosas is a creative arts agency guy. That's Russell's agency. I, I just... You know, you start reading the tea leaves and connecting some logical dots. Yeah, I mean, the Wolves are always going to be interested in D'Angelo Russell. The question is, you know, does Golden State have interest in, in Robert Covington? I was going to say, who, they have who's interest being in shot Jared from Culver? this end? I mean, Jeff Teague. I mean, if, if they oh, want some yeah. salary relief, I mean, the Wolves will move Jeff Teague tomorrow. I'll trade Jeff Teague. Town spazzed at Teague the other night, too, in that Suns game, too. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. And, some and tension there. Jeff, there, there was some tension last year with Derrick Rose. Yeah. There's nothing to worry about long term because Jeff Teague isn't going to be here next year. The question is, is he here on February seventh? Right, be on the trade deadline. But I can just promise you, Rosas would move Teague in a heartbeat if if the right deal presents itself. But Golden State wants an asset or two, presumably. If you're the Wolves, I don't think you should be in the business of of giving up any future first round picks, especially ones without any sort of protection. Did you trade Culver? I would trade Culver. Yeah, to get Russell. Yeah, absolutely. I would too. Yeah, I, would I think too. I think his ceiling is limited. I think he'll have a long NBA career. 
I think he'll always defend. I think eventually he'll finish better at the rim. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think the ceiling is somewhat limited on Jared Culver. I would absolutely pull the trigger if I, I was getting an All Star back like Russell. Sure. And I needed to give up Jared Culver in a heartbeat. I would do that. That is Darren Doogie Wolfson, Five Eyewitness News. You can also find him twice a week on the Scoop podcast. The Friday episode airs at six o'clock here on Score North. Otherwise, available anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Uh, and go follow him on Twitter at D Wolfson KSTP for uh, various Twins news and nuggets here during the winter meetings. So thanks for coming in. I appreciate Welcome it, boys. I'll see you next Welcome Tuesday. Back, Dukes. Dukes. All right, we're going to come back with a cram session. We've got not a Woj bomb, like a Woj, I don't know, firecracker or something in just a minute here. Jonathan's going to get to in the Scornorth download. But let's talk about TCL TVs here. What are we watching on the 55-inch TCL TV in our studio here? One of the two of them. Uh, it's Brian Cashman, GM of the Yankees here. From San Diego on MLB Network. We, uh, we're constantly watching sports in here. I'm sure Brian Cashman's talking about just how much money his owner has green lit, lit him to spend this offseason. While if you had, uh, Derek Falvey or Thad Levine, he'd probably just be up there ripping the cheap pole ads. But if you're a sports fan or even if you're, uh, if you're just more looking for movies and entertainment options, that built in Roku device with these TCL TVs gives you 5,000 plus streaming channels. It's the best TV. For entertainment options, for picture quality, and with the TCL Alto soundbar, sound quality as well now. TCLUSA.com or any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Mackie and Jeb with Rami coming up shortly here. Jonathan here with the Score North download and that Woj firecracker. Here it is. Which teams in the market right now are most likely to buy? Matt, you kind of look at the team's... In that second tier of contenders, the Miamis, uh, you know, Philly certainly, you know, they would love to add some shooting. Elton Brand, since he's taken over, has been really aggressive in that job. You know, Minnesota's an interesting team to watch, you know, as you you saw earlier in the show. They've got to solidify that point guard position. Kyle Lowry, does he become available in Toronto? Where are they closer to the trade deadline? In the standings, he signed that extension, so you get him under contract for next season, too. You know, if you traded Lowry, then you free up the money, makes it easier to re-sign Fred Van Vliet this summer. Or Toronto says, hey, we think we're good enough to make a run. Let's keep it together and make a run. But I think Minnesota out there, they wanted a point guard this summer. They went after uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, in free agency. He goes to Golden State in the sign-and-trade. I think they're in the market for a point guard or, or something that sets them up to get one uh, in July. That's been the uh, Score North download and Woj's wow. firecracker of a of a message on the jump. Interesting. That was as reckless as Woj can get. You know, Woj doesn't get reckless very often. And he got reckless there. Got He's just reckless. like, that was pretty reckless. Give us something, Woj. Okay, here's what I think might happen. <laughs> I'm out on Kyle Lowry because he's in his 30s and it just doesn't mesh up with Carl Anthony yeah. Towns. And D'Angelo Russell, I'm in on, but he's also... He's also overrated. Like he's a volume scorer. You'd have to hope that him coming to work with Carl Anthony Towns on a daily basis and then play off each other and then that the Wolves would be able to get some efficiency out of him. And I think the Warriors at full strength would probably be able to maximize D'Angelo Russell, but it's him and a bunch of G Leaguers. So there's just he's just up there chucking shots. But it'll be interesting if they can swing a little trade. So but uh, let's get to cram session here. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's cram session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. 
This is where Jonathan throws out three questions, and he awards points based on our answers. And then uh, there's a winner at the end of the session here. Judd has 20 wins on the season. I have 15, and Rami has 14. We have one tie where we all tied. And uh, Danny Cunningham is the only guest participant. He is 0-1 this season in cram sessions. Jonathan, what's the first question you got for us? Let's do this. So last night, Josh McCown, the backup quarterback and Matthew Collar's favorite journeyman quarterback, said he was ready to play wide receiver again last night as the Eagles started losing receivers to injury and everything to the Giants last night. In any sport, what is your favorite player playing out of position? Doesn't have to be just football, can be any sport. There can't be one better than mine. I'm sorry, but there just can't be one better than mine. I, I think I know what it is. I've stated time and time again, one of my favorite things in sports is big boys doing big things. Things big guys <laughs> should not be doing. As Just so concerned as, about as, that as a too. as a small, chunky child, it made it inspired me Drop. to believe that I could do these things. Now I was wrong, but it was nice to believe while it lasted and watching William the Refrigerator Perry. This is my earliest memory of big boys doing big things. Line up in the backfield, take the handoff from Jim McMahon and just plow into the end zone was a thing of beauty. And it still is a thing of beauty every time I see it to this day. And he was a pioneer. We've seen that done time and time again with big boys since. And now he's sort of small. Yeah. Compared to refrigerator, oh, yeah. like back be a then we're like, guy. oh, he's, yeah. he's oh my God, he weighs three hundred pounds. It's crazy. Now it's like he's a tiny guy. Yeah, his size would not hold up. I was gonna say Dennis Rodman uh, wrestling in a pay per view for WCW. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get docked too many points here, but I'm actually gonna go with one that I saw with my own two eyes. The, any sport? Well, the one I'm gonna go with is Joe Maurer playing right field because I was there. I watched it happen. <laughs> it was awkward. It was the conversation before the game started. The Twins were shorthanded. Luke Hughes was getting called up from AAA. And Luke Hughes, at the Rochester, New York airport, sat with headphones on at the wrong gate and missed his flight <laughs> back to the Twin Cities. So the Twins, I don't remember exactly like who played where, but the Twins were without an extra right fielder. Or an extra, they had two outfielders. And so Ron Gardenhire went to Justin Morneau and Joe Maurer before the game in the trainer's room and said, boys, one of you is playing first base, one of you is playing right field. You figure it out. <laughs> and they looked at each other like, oh, he's just he's just ribbing, right? Nope. And so Joe volunteered to play right field. I think he had one fly ball hit to him all game long. This sounds like an American Legion game. It pretty much was. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. It was a disaster. Oh, yeah. Didn't he tell that story when he was on the Glenn Perkins podcast? He did, yes. Yeah, it's uh go go back in the archives of the Scorner Twin Show from a couple months ago. He he told that story in full when he made the appearance. Big boys doing big things is fun, yes. but somebody being put in a position where they're likely going to be incompetent more fun. <laughs> Pitchers trying to play the field is my favorite. So every once in a while, if you get the idea to send the pitcher to the outfield or something, mm-hmm. I I once when I was a kid. The uh, Toronto Blue Jays had a pitcher named Dave Steve, and the Twins Blue Jays game at the old Exhibition Stadium went about 19, and the Blue Jays ran out of position players, and Dave Steve tried to play left, and it's just a disaster. Those guys, they can't gauge fly balls. Mm-hmm. They're pitchers, and that's it. I love incompetence. Pitchers trying to play the field is incompetence. <laughs> I love incompetence. My apologies that's to my Perk. Drop. My apologies to Perk. Who probably will take offense to that. Wasn't but it's there a true. former Cardinals pitcher who went out and was a center fielder and was just gunning down 
dudes left and Rick right. Ankeel, Ankeel, yes. who couldn't who couldn't find the plate. The Reds yeah. have one now. The Reds have a guy who they can throw out in the outfield and just has a cannon for an arm. He was gunning people down who, last year. I'm trying to blame. Who was the guy that Madden, those videos? Madden had a like game throwing the, guys out from the warning track for the Cubs, where he was moving the left fielder to pitcher, and then he'd bring him back in to hit to face. He'd yeah, like he did that. He did that that was less times. like cannon for an arm strategy. Oh, that was just, more uh, just like he wants to keep the pitcher potential incompetence, which is what I love. Uh, I said it on on Hot Routes today that I love big guys playing running back. Mm. Not fullback, but running back, lining them up seven yards back, just giving them full head of steam. So I'm going to have to agree with Rami here. The Fridge playing running back is one of the all-time best. All right, question number two. We all saw the report this morning from John Heyman that the Twins are in pursuit of three starting pitchers. If the Twins missed out on all three of Dallas Keuchel, Madison Bumgarner, or Hyunjin Ryu, which would be the biggest miss? Uh, well, the, the the biggest miss would actually be Dallas Keuchel because he's going to be the easiest to acquire of all three of those. So if you wind up whiffing on all of these, you're going to look at the lowest hanging fruit one and say, wait, you couldn't even get Dallas Keuchel? Not not a $100 million contract that Madison Bumgarner might get or something close for, for Ryu. If you can't even get the low-hanging fruit of that group and you tried to or quote-unquote tried to, that would be a problem. So I would say Dallas Keuchel would be... Uh, the biggest miss because, like, what are you doing if you can't get Dallas Keuchel? I'll say Mad Bum because you know what? You've got the money, you've got the the uh, payroll freedom, you got the team on which he could definitely take over for at least a couple of years, if not three or four, as your top pitcher. Uh, it's time. So I'm not going to let them off the, the hook by going down the food chain of the pitchers we're talking about. I'm going to say I don't expect you to sign. I didn't expect you to sign Strasburg. I don't expect you to sign Garrett Cole. It's not going to happen. But Mad Bum is realistic. And again, game one, ALDS, it gives you a guy to pitch above Burrios. Burrios can watch him and say, oh my gosh, that's how a playoff pitcher is wired. I say Mad Bum. I'm going to say it's Ryu because Phil said it was Dallas Keuchel. Judd said it was Madison Bumgarner. So my only way of getting this point and thinking what Jonathan is thinking is to take the third option in Ryu. Well, you'd be wrong. Sorry. Oh, damn it. I like what you did there, though. Thank you. It, it was nice strategy, but Thank you. I'm going to go with Mad Bum here because it's basically <laughs> something Judd said earlier. Go get the box office draw. I mean, he's the biggest name of those three. If you miss on him, you miss your biggest box office draw to get in, you know, the base fan, the, the, the base fan to come into Target Field and watch one of the better pitchers in the league. So that's the point there. Lastly... Because Christmas is coming around holiday season, we're all getting gifts for people. What's the best sports-related gift you've ever received? <laughs> um, this is hard for me. I've gotten so many. I'll go first again if you want to think for a minute. Yeah, go ahead. I know mine right away. So yeah. we talk all the time on the show about how I bought Michael Beasley's toaster at Michael Beasley's <laughs> estate sale in Orno, Minnesota, <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah, except your mom screwed it up and she threw <laughs> she out did. the crumbs. She uh, she cleaned out the toaster. Oh, no, and I no. wanted to keep the crumbs. Damn it! God rest her soul, man. I know it's uh it's one of the it's one of the worst thing that's ever happened to me is my mom not passing away but cleaning up the crumbs of Michael Beasley's toaster. But the secondary part of that story, Phil on the couch with the therapist. Yeah, I'm so bummed about my mom. Oh yeah, she's dead, right? Yeah, but she threw away the bees' crumbs. She did. It's terrible. But the second part of the story is one of my friends bought me Michael Beasley's cheese grater, oh, so wow. we can make grilled cheese sandwiches. 
using the toast and the cheese grater. So I would say the, the best that's sports amazing. gift I've ever received is receiving Michael Beasley's cheese grater. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That is pretty cool. Um, you want to go next, Robbie? Yeah, I have I so, like that, I have so I like many. Um, honorable mention to a gift that actually I, I, I was just looking at last night. My girlfriend... Uh, we started dating like during the 2016 Cubs season. So like our relationship blossomed as that season was occurring. And like, that was a, the first like big thing that we shared together. The Cubs winning the world series. We went to the, the, the parade together, the whole nine. And, uh, I broke, I broke one of my, I broke my last iPhone and it wasn't backed up to the cloud. Long story, blah, blah, blah. Lost a bunch of pictures. My girlfriend made like, uh, like digitally made a collage of the Cubs 2016 championship season, including pictures from the parade and blah, blah, blah. Framed it the whole nine. I haven't hung it up yet. And last night we were putting out Christmas decorations. And I pulled it out of the box, was looking at it. Great memories. But the best is probably um, from Leroy Butler, who is just an incredibly generous man. A uh, friend of mine, former co-host when I was down in Milwaukee. When I lost, and it was an on-air bet. So this all played out on the air. When I lost 135 pounds um, and like the... The weekend, we we announced it on Friday, like we did a weigh-in every Friday, I did it, I beat the goal, whatever. Leroy, just out of nowhere, he goes, hey man, I'm proud of you, just wanted to give you something. Gives me this beautiful painted canvas of Walter Payton, which is hanging, has been hanging in my house ever since. And to get a Walter Payton canvas from a Packer Hall of Famer, should be pro football Hall of Famer, I thought was a pretty cool gift. Pretty cool. Jeez, I can't compete with those. Um, well, yeah, let's just go to Royce. <laughs> yeah, Rami, you're getting the point here. I'm sorry. Right, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> just call Royce. That's Rami picks up his That's 15th win. How about that? 15 wins. There it is. So you two are tied now. We are tied now, yep. All right, all right, well, Pat. No, he's got Pat, the biggest news of the day out of San Diego and the winter meetings. We have not one, but two mystery teams in on Garrett Cole, in addition to the Yankees and the L.A. teams. Two mystery teams. Okay, all right. I did, well, isn't it a mystery as to where he's going? So aren't they all mystery teams? Uh, uh, I guess originally it was the Angels, then it was the Dodgers, and then it was the Yankees. So we get, it's not of those three. Is that what they're telling us? No, they're saying that the the, the L.A. teams and the Yankees. What are is the in, Astros? But there's, there's five total teams. The Astros are are a mystery team, which yeah, I think is yeah, BS because well, they were his if, team. If you're leaving a team that went to the World Series and they love you. That might not be a big mystery. Correct. So, uh, Agreed. I, I, I don't know who the mystery teams would be. Uh, the White Sox have gone insane, you know. Maybe the White Sox. Who knows? They're uh, you yeah. know, they're all of a sudden Reinsdorf, and at that age 103, wants to do something, I guess. I why do you know, think no one wants... Why do you think World no one? Series. Why do you think no one wants Jerry Reinsdorf's money? What's going, what's going on there that nobody wants to take his money? I don't know. I, uh, you know, it's... Uh, are they like the twins, always uh, bidding enough to come up short? I don't know. Are they? I don't know. So, hey, what the uh, twins fans do to irritate you lately, Mackie? Uh, I think I think I just get sick every year of every time the twins are linked to somebody. Every time John Heyman reports that the twins are uh, kicking the tires on Dallas Keuchel, I get. 50 people in my inbox or in my at replies when I retweet something or just when we start talking about something that literally think the twins have an elaborate PR strategy and a wing of their PR and communications department <laughs> dedicated to finding out exactly how much money it would cost 
to make a formidable bid for a player, but one that comes up just short so you make can sure pat yourself on the back. Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, I just fed into that with my quip then, I, I suppose. I don't know. What do you guys think of Keiko? I, my level of excitement isn't too high, but what 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 is supposedly he going to get now? Uh, I haven't seen figures on Keiko. I mean, he's he's good. He's this is the era of strikeout pitchers, and he is not that. He's he's one of the most prolific ground ball well, starting if you pitchers. Like three, but two counts, uh, get ready. Oh, if no. you like Gibby, get ready. Although he's uh, he's uh, he's certainly uh, better than Gibby's been. But uh, yes, he's like if Gibby would have panned out to the full extent, he would have become yeah, Dallas yeah. Keuchel. Yeah, he's supposed to be a hell of a guy. So I I guess uh, as desperate as you are for starters, you'd have to take him, right? Yeah. Hey Patrick, who, who's which team is more brazen in their cheating? The Patriots or Astros? Uh, I I think I'm in the uh, I, I'm in the camp that uh, do we really have to cheat when we're going to play the Bengals? That's what we want to know. I, I don't know. I know. I I, I I don't know. Who's supposedly which documentary was this for? I haven't really paid that much for attention. their for the team website. For a show called Do Your Job about an advanced scout, but they looked at the film and basically they're not shooting the scout; they are shooting the Bengal sideline. Okay, well they're going to get themselves fined again, then, huh? But I just think that both of both of those teams—that's pretty brazen to go do that. Uh, it's uh, it's extremely weird, that's for sure. But what I mean, my guy, you know, if this was if they were preparing for the AFC title game, I might be a little, uh, uh, you know, they. What, if you're doing it for the Bengals, you must do it every week, huh? Uh, yeah, you'd have to because you certainly wouldn't just decide. You know, we're going to try and beat the Cincinnati Bengals with yeah, one win. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's I don't know what what are they going to do with them now? I mean they they've already taken away draft choices and find them because they didn't have enough air in a football. What are they going to do now? I don't know. Hey, how, I, how about those wolves, Patrick? Oh God, hey, a nice road trip. Zero and four. They allowed five hundred and twenty-seven points. <laughs> That's a lot. Five hundred and twenty-seven <laughs> points. That's a lot. Of points. That's a lot of points. But they're switching more on defense. They're playing more modern defense here. They're doing a lot more switching. So they are switching. That, that's true. That helps. That's that's what. That's a hundred and thirty some, right? Isn't it that a hundred and thirty in four games? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of them didn't they give up a hundred forty something? The Lakers. One hundred forty two to the Lakers. Yeah. The Lakers yeah. stopped trying in the fourth quarter. So uh, yeah, they gave up. But it's that five hundred and twenty seven points. Uh, it's. Uh, well, their guards are terrible. They, you know, you you can't. Uh, Forty years ago, Jim Dutcher said to me, "Guards win basketball games, right?" And you look at the Gophers and you look at the Wolves, and they don't have guards. Uh, they, you know, Marcus Carr is not as rotten as he was last night, but uh, you get two guards who shoot one for twenty-one. And then you got a Kogi and Culver pretending like they can play. You know, a Kogi's good defensively. Culver's not a guard; never will be a guard. And uh, you know, he's he can't shoot, and a Kogi can't shoot. And then Teague's Teague's Teague. He's you know, you get him mad, and he'll play one good game, and then he'll kind of float through the rest of them. So uh, their guards are terrible, and uh, the the Gophers guards are terrible. But I said today on Twitter, yes. The Wolves guards did, I mean, the Gophers guards did go one for 21, but I'd still take them in a horse game against the Kogi and Culver. <laughs> I don't think I disagree with that. Yeah, yeah the Gophers, this yeah. is 
Patino's had two really bad years and uh, what a couple tournament. This is this is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be his worst year, but this is this is shaping up to be. Well, know, they're all uh, they're all uh, on him last night on my Twitter feed. But uh, you know, the bottom line is uh, he's forty and seventy in the in the Big Ten, and if he has a if he has a six and fourteen year. Uh, <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Huh? I, I think Coyle likes him, but uh, when you're, uh, you know, when you have a sup- supposedly these, this was a good recruiting class, right? I mean, you mean the the, the freshman this year, or like the one yeah, this, the one before yeah, with Arturo and they, a bunch of them had four stars, but I think they give away four stars too liberally in basketball because none of them look like it. Well, Aturu is going to go down. There's been some really good gopher big men in the last 25 years, like Rick Rickert, Joel Prisbilla, that were the only thing on the team. Chris Humphreys. Yeah. Uh, that's I mean, Aturu is going to go play in the NBA, and he's going to have this is probably his last year, maybe next year, I guess, with the Gophers, and he's going to have nothing around him. Well, and uh, I would just basically double, t- you know, they just jumped him every time they fed the ball in the post, and uh, he's uh, he, he kind of brings the ball down to his waist there, and they they tied him up about three different times, and unless somebody makes an outside shot, he's gonna. That's the way everybody's gonna play defense against him. Anytime he gets the ball, he's gonna have two guys on him at least, maybe three. Is this car kid not good too? I I, I thought he was supposed to be good well, when he came from Pittsburgh. A couple of good games, and then last night he couldn't make a shot. He was over yeah. ten. So wasn't he over ten? I think he was over ten. I think they were basically what one for the night. Right? I like us what, trying to figure guards? out go for basketball right now by just like listing players on the team and being like, are they good? Well, I was trying know. to watch that. <laughs> guy not good at you know basketball. That was hard to watch last night. I mean, he couldn't make a shot. It was awful. Yeah, the team coming in here Sunday is scoring 90 points a game, you know, Ohio State. So they moved up to three in the country. I had no idea they were supposed to be this good. But, uh, you know, the the trouble is the Big Ten's, the middle of the Big Ten is better than it's been lately. Uh, you know, like teams like Penn State aren't as rotten as they've been. And uh, it, it could get ugly before it's over. Royce on chain tonight, gentlemen. What do you guys got? But uh, we, uh, you know, we uh, we didn't get too goofy about too much. I guess I got a little goofy about the wolves. Yeah, you got unchained towards the end. I got a little unchained on the wolfies. A little unhinged. Uh, okay. That that happens. That All right. Happens. Well, that's coming up next, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, Pat. All right. See you guys. All right. See ya. That's wrapping with Roycey every day here to end our show. Uh, Roycey unchained every Tuesday night at, at six, and Roycey on baseball. Every Monday night at six, those are both and available. Judd's via hockey podcast. show at seven, right on with Louie tonight. Yeah, you guys uh, hung out at Lou Nanny's restaurant. A ton of good stuff from Lou. It's great. Check that out. Mackie and Judd with Rami, podcastable on Apple, Spotify. Please give us a five star review and tell us your favorite and least favorite thing about the show. And those reviews, that in we, we will read those on the show. Let's do that or score North app. See you tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh, cosmic, crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.